Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. The opening music in today's program is Melancholy in the Nepali language, sung in the studio of Radio Nepal. This program was researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 621 for release on Sunday, January 17, 2021. On WaveScan today, what else do we know about Radio Nepal, their venture into the Guinness Book of World Records? Aaron Castillo will be talking with Gerhard Straub from the U.S. Agency for Global Media, and we'll have our Bangladesh DX report. Before we begin another story about Radio Nepal in our program today, we present an item of international interest regarding Mount Everest. During the month of December 2020, Nepal and China issued a joint news release indicating that Mount Everest is now 13 feet taller than it was before. As a result of discussions between the governments of China and Nepal, both countries have agreed that the official height of Mount Everest is now 29,031 feet and eight and a half inches. The reason they state why Mount Everest is now taller than it was before is because the rocks, snow, and ice on the top of the mountain are now included in the total figure. Now here's Ray Robinson with what more we know about Radio Nepal. Thanks, Jeff. The opening music in our program today was recorded in one day in a Kathmandu studio of Radio Nepal on Thursday, May the 19th, 2016. A total of 365 singers were organized into 26 groups representing all areas of the natural environment, and they sang the song Melancholy in the Nepali language. The 365 singers represented one per day for a whole year, and the 26 categories in the natural environment represented one for each letter in the English alphabet. The words and music for the song Melancholy were composed by Nipesh Dhaka, and the day's events were inaugurated by Prime Minister Kadga Prasad Oli. This musical event, which was specifically planned as a world first for Guinness World Records, began at 8am and concluded at 6pm. The total duration of the assembled recording lasts for 33 minutes and 49 seconds. The version we presented at the opening of this edition of Wavescan was specially shortened for use as an introduction. Two years after the recording was made, in 2018, Guinness World Records officially accepted Melancholy from Radio Nepal as the most soloists in a single song recorded in one day. The original studio building for Radio Nepal back in 1951 was a two-storey building in the Royal Campus at Singer Durbar that was earlier used as a school for the children of government officials. 32 years later, in 1983, a new studio building was constructed adjacent to the original building, and the older building was simply abandoned. However, as time went by, the older building was renovated, and new electronic equipment was installed, so that a total of 15 studios in the two buildings became available for Radio Nepal, including one with a 24-track console for the recording of music. Up until the recent virus time, Radio Nepal employed 600 personnel throughout Nepal for all of its events and activities. 
In addition to the Capital City studios, additional production and on-air studios have been installed in the radio stations at three country locations, Pokhara, Sirket and Depail. Radio Nepal broadcasts daily news bulletins in a total of 19 different languages, including 16 local languages and also English, Hindi and Urdu. The first FM station in Nepal was installed in Kathmandu itself in 1995, and these days 17 FM relay stations are on the air. In total, including all of the independent FM stations throughout the entire nation, around 450 FM stations were on the air until very recently. Originally, the programme feed to the country relay stations of Radio Nepal was via shortwave, though these days a six-channel programme feed is provided via satellite. Back nearly 40 years ago, in 1983, Miss Mohini Shepherd acted as an off-site honorary QSL secretary for Radio Nepal. Miss Mohini would prepare the QSL cards, which were then delivered to Radio Nepal, where they were signed, stamped and posted. Back at that stage, Mohini was also preparing a regular monthly Nepal DX report for broadcast in the old AWR DX programme, Radio Monitors International. Sadly, we've now lost contact with her. Does anyone out there know what happened to Mahini Shepherd as the years went by? Did she and her family migrate to England? We'd love to know. Over the years, there have been many occasions when programming from the BBC in London in Nepalian English has been heard on radio in Nepal. For example, in the early 2000s, BBC programming in Hindi, Urdu and English was relayed by all radio stations in the network of Radio Nepal. And in addition, Radio Sagamatha FM also carried BBC programming for many years around the same era. Subsequent to those relay broadcasts from the BBC, there was a daily BBC relay in Hindi and English via the regional medium wave station of Radio Nepal at Surkhet on 576 kHz. Then around 2005, the BBC installed their own FM relay station at suburban Kumaltar, which is still on the air on 103.0 MHz. Around 30 years ago, Radio Nepal announced that a shortwave transmitter would be installed with the new medium wave station at Surkhet in the far west of Nepal. The medium wave transmitter at Kanali Rajmarg, Birendranagar, operated with 100 kilowatts and 10 kilowatts standby on 576 kHz, and the planned shortwave unit would also have operated with 100 kilowatts. However, the planned shortwave transmitter was never installed. Back to you, Jeff. Thank you very much, Ray Robinson, at KVOH in Los Angeles for that feature on Radio Nepal. You're listening to WaveScan from Adventist World Radio. Gerhard Straub runs the Broadcast and Technologies Division at the United States Agency for Global Media. He helps coordinate the multitude of shortwave networks that are employed by the U.S. government, such as the Voice of America, Radio for Europe, and Radio Marti. Aaron Castillo, host of Electronic Echoes on kpcradio.com at Pierce College in Los Angeles, California, invites you now to come along as he talks with Gerhard about the vast task of making sure the transmitters are transmitting the right things and the complex math and science that makes sure people are able to listen to broadcasts. What's the day-to-day routine of 
being a director of broadcast technology, like what do you, how, so you have all this power at your fingertips. Now, how do well, you use that power? Not, 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 ex- not exactly. Um, the, the way we're structured is um, my division is responsible for the, the conceptualization, the design and the implementation of all our transmitting stations. I see. Uh, and that 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 you know, so, and that includes major modifications. We don't necessarily get involved in the day to day maintenance unless it's something specialized. Um, and then we're also responsible for all our worldwide monitoring. We have mon- automated monitoring sites all over the world, so we can you know evaluate our our signals and if we're getting to our target areas. And 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 my group also does all the the broadcast scheduling. Of yes. all, you know, basically, which program's going to come out of which transmitter at which site on which antenna aimed at in which direction, and you know what time of day, and you know, so we have to run all the propagation calculations and whatnot. And my group is also responsible for all the implementation of the FM station. So that's AM, FM, TV, everything terrestrial. Um, the, the the stations themselves have a staff. The major stations have a staff, major and um, uh, like Macon, um, and uh, and then. Um, the, uh, the, they, the stations actually for logistics and operational type day-to-day operational stuff report to another division. Oh. So, so, so a, a day, you know, a day in my life is, is usually, you know, logging in in the morning and, and, and seeing, you know, if anybody's, if, if anybody's down and can't carry their programming, so we have to reschedule uh, to another transmitter or uh, yes. find a way to cover it. Um, we also, we also actually lease, broadcast time on on from some other shortwave broadcasters so this things that we can't cover we don't have enough capacity for we will we'll offload to, to them um and uh and also you know uh looking at the design like for instance we're right now we just uh, recently let a contract to put up four more curtain uh shortwave curtain antennas um in kuwait so oh, nice. we, we had to, we had to design and we didn't we don't we're not designing the antennas so much, but in this case, but we're designing, you know, which ones we need, what frequency ranges, which azimuths they're pointed at, uh, that, that type of stuff. So we're doing, you know, and then we're monitoring our, our FM network where there's, a, you know, dealing with uh, stations that are off the air or have problems or things that have broke because we, we have over 100 FM stations that we own and operate. Oh, wow. To. So how do you juggle each of these stations? Like, do you have a certain person that's like, you're the FM guy and you're the shortwave guy or is it everything's up to you? We, we, um, no, I'm kind of like, you know, we don't have a big group. We have, uh, we have nine people in our division. Wow. Um, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, we're, re- we're really pretty lean organization. Um, the, uh, the, the folks that, I, there's a, there, we have what, what's called a deployment branch, uh, which is a couple, uh, three people under me. Um, and, and, uh, there's a guy that heads that who is, um, kind of, he, he's tasked with F- implementing FMs. So he's basically consumed all day long with FMs, uh, either, you know, contract renewals or getting a new station on the air, um, and, uh, and, and things like that. Um, so then we have a, a couple of guys who are, or well, one guy that's just totally dedicated to scheduling. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. so, so he, like, so for instance, we have the B20, you know, the, the winter schedule starting here yes. in, 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 this Sunday. And, yes. uh, and, and so he, you know, he's been working for the last, you know, several months on, on getting 
those schedules put together and coordinating it through HF, the HF High Frequency Coordination Conference um, and, and things like that. And so he's, he's just full-time on that. He has, there's one person that assists him, um, but that person also does some design work and, and things like that. Um, we have another person who is strictly shortwave and medium wave monitoring. He runs our entire monitoring network. Uh, we have also a bunch of contractors um, uh, and whatnot in different various locations of the world who are part of that monitoring network. And we evaluate transmissions on a daily basis. And then we have, um, then we have one guy that's dedicated solely to um, uh, FM monitoring. Um, and, and basically he's more a developer. He's developing our new FM uh, monitoring and control system, oh. but he also, he, he also deals with the day-to-day alarms and, and things like that. And then if anything else comes up like contracts or whatever, we kind of share that load. Um, if it's a yeah. design task, I mean, I'm an antenna designer, you know, by trade. So if it's an antenna design problem, it usually comes, I usually take care of that. It just, it, and then we, we all kind of chip in because we are short, so mm-hmm. short staff. Yeah, just an author's note for people uh, who don't know. Shortwave radio has two different schedules, A and B. And if I remember correctly, A is during the summer and B is during the winter and fall. That's correct. So, and it has to do with the propagation of shortwave and how the earth works. Correct. Um, Because the propagation depends on, on... the, the basically the solar energy that the Earth receives. We're depending on, 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 on ionization occurring in the atmosphere. And, and so, uh, so not only do we worry about it on a seasonal schedule and a, and a daily schedule, I mean, what part of the day do we have enough ionization on certain frequency to, to yes. transmit to a certain area? But also there's an 11-year solar cycle where the sun goes through this cycle. Uh, and, yes. and, and so, you know, when we're on the cycle low like we are now, we need lots of low frequencies and we need to be prepared because in five years or six years, we'll want lots of high frequencies and not so much the low frequencies. So there's a, there's a lot that goes into trying to figure out, you know, which, what your facilities are and what capabilities they have. Yeah. And then how do you pick uh, the station? Like, how do you pick what brought, I know this is all scheduling, but I'm assuming you run a calculation to figure out what frequencies you have to set out for each of the stations. Now there's the new um, season. Yeah. Um, I mean, actually we have a dartboard and no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so, um, but, but it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of like forecasting the weather a little bit. Although I like to think we're maybe a little bit more accurate. Um, so, you know, we've been doing this for, you know, decades. So we sort of know which, facilities hit what target areas and uh what we do uh if we have doubts or if we're in this transition phase is yeah. we will we will actually run i mean it's a program that's 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 freely available on the internet it's called voa cap um mm-hmm. and uh uh we will run voa cap uh and see what works best using you know what antennas we have and what stations we have um, and, uh, and we'll try to, to figure out the best uh, thing. And then what'll happen is when we change some frequencies and change some transmissions, stuff like that, 
that's where our monitoring system comes yes. in. Yes. So, so we'll come in Monday morning, and, you know, and, and then maybe to, to, to on the Tuesday and stuff, and it'll go on for a week or two. We'll get these reports from our monitors and say, hey, guys, you really blew it on this one. You got to go to a different, you know, you got to go to a different frequency. And, and, and that's not only, that's not only propagation, but that's, that's also, you know, perhaps we missed a collision with someone and, and we're interfering with someone oh, yeah. interfering with us. I mean, we try to avoid that. We go to all the international conferences. We try to coordinate schedules. But it, 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 it um, you know, sometimes you miss or, or the propagation isn't what you expect or something like that. So, so our monitors will, come, will give us feedback. That's why it's so important for having that monitoring capability. And, and then we'll adjust as, as accordingly. Where do you see the future of shortwave radio? Well, I, I, I think, I think uh, shortwave um, radio is, you know, a lot of people have, have predicted the demise of shortwave radio a long time ago. Um, yes. And, and it's still here. And, and even the military, you know, kind of poo-pooed shortwave radio, HF radio for a while and, and went to complete satellite. And then all of a sudden realized that wasn't so smart that the satellites were vulnerable. So, you know, they're back to using HF communications, maybe not routinely, you know, cause it's, it's low data rate. You can't, you can't push high yeah. data rate through the thing, you know, but, but we're seeing things like, like digital radio Mondial. Uh, yes. which, which is which is which is which has been around for a lot of years, but it, but it actually, it's actually starting to take off a little bit better now, and and the, and the capabilities of it are are incredible. So you're now just sending digital data, whether that digital data is audio, or uh, images, or text, mm. or a file. Um, ah. You know what 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 you know it doesn't matter to the transmitter. It's just it's just bits. So you know so so I think that. You know, if we can get that technology to take off a little bit, I mean, you'll, you, can, you, can, you can see things like, you know, um, especially countries where there's uh, censorship of the Internet. Yes, you know, you yes. can get digital data in there without going through the Internet uh, by using oh, digital methods, things like that. Uh, and that opens up, you know, a whole new door of, 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 of ways to get uh, communications and, and, and news and information into these types of restricted environments. Um, and, and I think that, you know, uh, and when you consider that, that you could then send a, a signal to another continent, uh, maybe cover the whole continent with a, with a, a, a sound that sounds like FM, um, yes. which, which DRM does when you transmit audio. It, it's like, you know, I think that changes the whole e- equation. So, you know, people, people look at, at, at shortwave radio and, you know, you, if you talk to someone in Washington, D.C., no one's ever listened to shortwave radio. You do San Francisco, L.A., probably the same thing, right? Yeah. But the rest of the world is not all like that. So, yes. you know, in, in, uh, in, in, you go to places like in Africa where shortwave is still a big market. So I don't, I don't see it ending anytime soon. Um, and, and I think that uh, I think it has, it still has a lot of potential that uh, is not completely tapped. You were listening there to Gerhard Straub of the U.S. Agency for Global Media, USAGM, speaking with Aaron Castillo of Electronic Echoes on kpcradio.com, the Internet radio station of Los Angeles Pierce College. And you can learn more about the USAGM on the Internet at www.usagm.gov. And now let's go to Salahuddin Dalar in Bangladesh for his DX report for this month. Dear listeners and radio hobbyists, welcome you the 
first edition of Bangladesh DX report on Webiscan this year 2021. This is Salauddin Dollar from beautiful city Ratshahi, Bangladesh. Glad to be back and thanks for listening. The receiving log of different radio stations. January 1st, Radio Clavi do Para, Belém, Brazil, Portuguese language special New Year program was heard at 01005 UTC on 4885 kHz. The SI code was 232. WTWW, Tennessee, USA was heard at 01120 UTC on 5830 kHz. The SI code was 232. January 2nd, Radio Rangin Kanam Persian program via Tashkent was heard at 1750 UTC on 7605 kHz the SI code was 443 44 Voice of Islamic Republic of Iran, Tajik language program was heard at 0205 UTC on 7360 kHz. The SIO code was 343. Tajin radio, Myanmar was heard at 0920 UTC on 9590 kHz. The SIO code was 333. Barmi song was being aired. Radio Nikki, Japan, entertainment program in Japanese was heard at 11550 UTC on 6550 kHz, the SI code was 333. KBS World Radio, Indonesian program was heard at 11558 UTC on 1,500,23 12070kHz.sio-code-was-3-4-3. DX Bangla at the rate gmail.com. Okay, I will come with more DX news in the next edition. Till then, take care. Salahuddin Dollar, Ratshahi, Bangladesh. Thank you, Salahuddin Dollar in Bangladesh.
And we had Wave Scan today with music from Joseph Haydn. This is Allegro con Brio from his Symphony Number no. 44 in E minor. Thanks for listening to Wave Scan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio, researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week on Wave Scan, KDKA medium wave and short wave unusual radio events. We'll also be talking with Adrian Sainsbury of Radio New Zealand International, or Aaron Castillo will be, and we'll have our Australian DX report from Bob Padula. Several QSL cards are available for WaveScan. Send your AWR and KSDA reception reports for WaveScan to the AWR address in Bangkok, Thailand, I'll give you in a moment, and also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH, or Voice of Hope Africa, or to IRRS Italy, or to the AWR relay stations that carry WaveScan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air here in WaveScan. They will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The only email address for AWR QSLs is QSL at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSLs is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. Again, that's Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. The email address for other correspondence to WaveScan, besides reception reports, is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida, USA. Till next week, good listening, everyone. <laughs>